Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hey, gorgeous. Welcome to the men's room. I'm Nadia Michelle. Today, I want to tell you about a show I discovered. Damiri Podcast is produced by Tarek Elmeri. He's a documentary film director living in London. The show is a deep dive chat covering a variety of topics. Every week, Tarek hosts a different guest and listens to their professional experience and personal journey. His listeners say it's very inspiring, and I can tell you some episodes get pretty intimate and from time to time even emotional. The show is Tarek's attempt to answer the question, how to live a better life, which is what we all want, right? You can listen to Damiri on all podcast apps. The link to the show is in the description of this episode. Okay, so before you come into the men's room with me, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Today, we're diving into the world of Saudi Arabia's Generation Z through the eyes of a 19-year-old Saudi student and journalist, Sami Fati. Hi, Sami. Hello. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Let's get straight into it. What's happening in your country these days? I'm not sure where to start. <laughs> There's so much happening. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we, the country's been changing uh, within the past I would say a few months even, but just looking at the past few years, the, the amount of change that's been taking place has been um, quite um, extraordinary when you put everything into context. So it's been, it's been amazing um, seeing everything sort of come into action. What would you say are the most like radical changes um, from your perspective that have happened over the last couple of years or so? I think sort of the more um, perhaps what people see the most Um, is just sort of the boom of economic opportunity that there have been for, you know, young Saudi men uh, and women. But there's even concerts and the social events that's been taking place. Um, You know, there have been headlining artists that have come here. Uh, We just had uh, Riyadh season uh, not too long ago. Before that, we had Jidda season. So uh, just the the incredible amount of entertainment that we have right now um, in the country. But even more than that, I just... I think in the past few years, we've begun to realize that the Saudi youth, just the youth in general, which makes up um, the majority of the population here, are just really a dynamic and fun group of people. And they're just incredibly hardworking and talented. So um, we've kind of seen that become more relevant in society. And I'm excited to see where, um, where it goes from here. So obviously, there's all the um, investment that's being put into um, tourism and the culture and entertainment industries. Um, There's also a lot changing, though, in the social uh, side of things. Um, Have you felt any changes um, in your day-to-day life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, every day, you know, even if it's something as simply as, as going to the to the grocery store. I mean, every day there's something new that's that's changing. And it's it's sort of nice to wake up every morning. And I kind of ask myself, I'm like, you know what's going to be new today? Because it really is that that fast and that moving forward. And I kind of think it's hard for people that don't live here to really understand how much is going on. So what do you mean the grocery store? What's different at the grocery store? I mean, not necessarily the grocery store, but just, you know, being out in public, you know, just seeing the way people... Um, act and seeing the way we, we've sort of um, begun to treat each other. Um, we've kind of begun to realize that we're one family 
and that we we have to stick by together um you know and and for for more specifics i mean within the past few months um as i said we've seen social events so you go out in public now you hear music playing you hear and see people dancing and having a good time and a few years ago that was not a thing um and now you see it as pretty much a normal So we know they lifted the ban on, you know, women having to cover up. So when you go to these events, are girls um, covered? Well, the I'm not sure on the 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 legality of it, but from what I understand, um, there have been women that have opened up, but there is still a large portion of the population, you know, that that are still abiding by the old ways but there are definitely people um and young women that are are taking the the freedom and and um you know wearing things without the abaya um so it, it has been there but it's i think this in specific is going to take something it's something that's going to take a long time to change because we've been so accustomed to it for so many years that it will take time for people to change is that the case as well like for people your age and people in high school Yeah, I mean, we're kind of taking the the sort of I don't want to say backseat role in this specific context with with the um, you know the less strict um, dress code, uh, if you were to call it. Uh, we've kind of taken a little bit of a backseat um, and kind of said, let's see where the line gets put. And um, so I think for any age group, it's going to take time, and, and that goes for my generation as well. So you've actually written opinion pieces that were published in Arab News about your experience as a young Saudi. How did that come about? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's quite funny. It's um, I, I used to write when I was really young. Um, and I just used to write stuff and literally put it in my notes and kind of forget about it and just ignore it and never really think much of it. Um, but then I remember I sent one piece to a close friend of mine just saying, hey, read this, you know, tell me what you think of it. And they replied back um, the next morning and they were like, I absolutely love this. I think you should publish it. Um, at that point, I had zero experience publishing anything. So I really, I was kind of clueless in terms of where to start. Um, so I went over to uh, Arab News website. I looked up their uh, opinion email, which I believe is just opinion at Arab News. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I sent them the piece. And honestly, I was never expecting to reply, <laughs> but... Um, a few days later, they they replied and um, kind of all went from there. Yeah. So do you think, do you feel compelled to put your thoughts out there for any uh, specific reason? Or is it more that you enjoy the writing process? It's a little bit of both. You know, I enjoy sharing my thoughts, but I also think that my story and sort of the, the perspective that I have on things is is quite unique to to other people my age. So I kind of feel that I have really strong opinions and strong perspective on certain issues about society or just about the world in general. So I kind of felt that not a responsibility to share them, but a duty being a good citizen to make sure that things are heard and talked about. So how did you develop um, those viewpoints? What, what's your story? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I always knew from a young age that I was rather mature for my age. Um, I never used to be sort of like the kids in the playground or, you know, kids uh, at parties and things. I was sort of the, the quiet kid uh, that stayed in the back, but was still pretty social. Um, so I think it was something that just kind of came with my, with 
how I was raised and um, the community that I was brought up in kind of just made me look at things and say, that's interesting, or, or I might want to look into this a little bit more. So I think it was just a combination of factors that kind of led me to have these, these strong perspectives and opinions. Okay. Um, you've also spoken at the UN in New York City twice, right? Mm-hmm. I have. I have, correct. 2014, 2015, you were quite young, 13 or 14 years old. And you talked about things like children's right to education and issues that included uh, famine and food wastage. They're very um, big issues. Why, Why did you care about those? Why do you care about those things? And do you think other kids in your country really care about that stuff? Because I would think they're pretty isolated in some way, not really faced with these social issues in their everyday life. Is is that accurate? To an extent, yes. Um, and to the, to the first part of your question, um, I was incredibly honored to have those opportunities to travel to New York and to the UN. Um, and to, um, you know, and while I was there, I, not only did I give speeches, but uh, I had the opportunity to meet with, with people from around the world um, who were Uh, leading non-governmental organizations or or different organizations that were working towards um, solving issues. Um, And and to the second part of your question about people my age here, you know, it's always hard for us to feel sympathetic towards something or towards an issue if we've never felt it ourselves. You know, it's always hard for you to feel, you always feel sad or... or, or, um, wishing the best for other people who are going through such hard times, but you never really know what it feels like until you've obviously felt it. So it's kind of hard for anyone. I don't only think, I don't only think people my age here, but I think anybody of any age to feel compelled to do something unless you've felt it yourself. Well, um, and that's something that have you felt those things? I haven't, but what I was going to say is that I've had the chance to, you know, travel around the world um, more than 10 times uh, in, in the past few years. And all those opportunities have exposed me to these different um, issues. So, no, I have, I'm thankful I've never had to face any of these issues, but at least I've gotten to see them with my own eyes rather than, you know, having to see them online or, or through pictures. I've actually gotten to see them and meet people who have gone through things like the lack of education or people who are going through famine um, and and issues like that. So how did you get involved with the UN and what makes you travel around the world? Yeah, well, for the UN, um, my school, um, there was this program um, that that my school offers uh, that um, gives people the chance to travel to different conferences around the world. And uh, there was this opportunity that came up to travel to to New York, um, to the UN. So I I signed up for it and... um, Kind of went from there. I didn't know what to expect, so it was a little bit of a learning experience. Um, and to the second part is, I, I just love traveling. Um, my school as well offers um, many trips every year to uh, different countries. Like uh, earlier this month, I came back from Laos, uh, which is a, a Southeast Asian country. Um, it's a rather small country, borders um, Vietnam and Thailand, and um, I had the chance to travel there. Um, and I've had a chance to, to travel to so many other places as well with my school and my family as well. So it's kind of become a, a little bit of a hobby. 
Wow, that's that's amazing. So when you travel abroad, like on that trip to New York City, uh, particularly, do people have misconceptions about you because of your nationality? And what are those misconceptions, if so? Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, not only because of my nationality, but just generally the region I come from, you know, because the, um, the media plays such an influential role in our day-to-day lives. But more than that, they play such an influential role on what we think. And unfortunately, the narrative that has been put out for decades uh, about the, the region as a whole has been you know, largely negative. I remember when I was in New York um, at the UN conference, I had this one um, young representative, I'm not sure where he was from, but he came to me and said, is it true that you guys go to school on camels? <laughs> <laughs> and and at first I was kind of taken back by it because I was I was offended, um, and then I was like, no, obviously not. I mean, we have cars and we have you know we have public transport and we have all those things that you guys do as well. And I was taken back from it. But then as that day went on, I kind of realized that it's not their fault that they think this, that this is what they've kind of been raised and this is kind of what they've been told their whole life, you know. And it kind of made me realize that what people think of us outside of our own bubble is so much different than what's actually within our own bubble. Um, so it, it's rather disheartening to think that people think of us completely wrongly or just what people think of us is not who we actually are. So you're into journalism. So would that be something that would be kind of your, um, your mission to show your country to the world for what it is in a way that hasn't been shown before? I think so. Um, you know, that's always that's been something that's been taking place already. But I think that's something that I indeed want to want to take a more active role in is is showing who we are, uh, us as a people, not maybe necessarily the country itself in terms of you know the you know the the amusement parks we have or the different attractions we have, but just us as the people, who us as Saudis are. And I can say that I've met people who have had completely wrong stereotypes about who we are and then actually travel here, stay here for sometimes days or even hours and realize that what they've been told is completely wrong. And I would advise anyone that has any wrong um, stereotype about us to just come and visit us. And I think the minute you land, you're going to realize that we are so much different than, than what you've been told. Well, clearly you're in sync with what the Saudi government is trying to put out there. We actually found you on an Instagram page um, called Saudi Arabia, which seems to be a government-sponsored kind of PR media campaign. Um, how did those people get in touch with you and who are they? Yeah, I um, following my uh, feature, I got featured in a, um, a dest- uh, Destination Jindo, which is a, a popular magazine here within the city. And they have, they have a magazine for each uh, major city here in the kingdom. Um, I got featured there. And um, a few weeks later, I got an email from uh, the people over at that account um, saying, we would like to feature you. Um, and I pretty much said, yes, sure. And then it was kind of back and forth from there until we were able to finalize a, a time and date uh, to schedule the interview. Um, in terms of their relation with the um, Saudi government, I'm not sure uh, about their uh, about their affiliation with any ministry. I, I do not believe they're affiliated, but I, I could be wrong in that. 
Yeah, well, there's obviously a lot of effort being put into publicizing all the changes that are taking place. Um, for instance, you know, they brought in tons of influencers from around the world at this huge electronic music festival, MDL Beast, that just happened in December, um, which was quite controversial amongst critics of the regime in the West. Were you at the festival? I was not. Okay. Um, but there are also, you know, countless legal reforms that they're keen on on publicizing, um, although some people say they don't go far enough. For instance, um, in order to boost tourism, the Saudi government started giving tourist visas. They're also allowing unmarried foreign couples to book hotel rooms together, allowing solo female travelers to rent hotel rooms. Um, But there are a lot of restrictions in your country still when it comes to men and women hanging out together. So, for example, can a kid your age go to the movies with a friend who happens to be a girl, for example? Yes. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, well, not, I've gone in a friend group um, and it is accepted. I'm not sure of me and, and, and a female, but I think there wouldn't be an issue. Um, okay, but not, not uh, you know, one boy and one girl, probably, right? That's not something you would commonly see. I mean, you're 19 now. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, kids around the world do. It's They don't even think twice about it. Is that something that you would see in Jeddah, for example? No, I think so. I think it's something that I would see. I just haven't experienced it myself, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Is it something that uh, you feel needs to be to change in terms of what's socially acceptable or are you comfortable with the current uh, state of things? I think any type of change takes time, right? You know, change doesn't happen overnight. So these types of changes will come. Um, it just takes time for them to play out. Uh, and most of the time changes like this happens when one person does something and then other people follow. So I think it will take time uh, for these types of, of, of social behavioral changes to take place. But I think at, at some point down the line, they will sort of become a, a social norm. I mean, that's kind of what happened with women driving, right? A few women were kind of championing it and pushing for it. And eventually um, the laws were changed for women being allowed to drive. But um, how would you describe your friend's attitudes on gender equality? There's obviously a lot of criticism about um, women's rights, particularly in Saudi Arabia, um, given the fact that it's a uh, religious uh, legal system, which, you know, does not allow women uh, the same rights as men. Do kids your age really want men and women to be equal, to have equal rights in all realms of society from your perspective? Um, or are they kind of still preconditioned by the system that they live in? And do you feel this is also something that needs to change slowly? I think we all want the same thing. And I, I think when we all want, I think everyone around the world, we all want equality. We want everyone to be treated equally, regardless of their gender, their nationality, or their race, or, or their background, or whatever it may be. We all want to be treated equally. And I think the same goes for, uh, for the Saudi society. And as I said, you know, change takes time. You know, change never happens overnight. Um, so things will change. Things have been changing. And I think... We all want the same thing, which is men and women to be treated equally in all walks of life, in all aspects of life. Well, you're very diplomatic, so you might consider a career in politics. <laughs> let's see with let's see with my next question. Um, oh no. <laughs> 
We all know that there's a ban on alcohol in Saudi Arabia, but I've heard that it's pretty easy to access if you know, you know, where to get it, where to find it, and where to consume it in a discreet manner. Is it is it easy? You know, look, religiously, um, Saudi Arabia is based off of Islam. Our laws are based off of the Islamic laws. Uh, Islam um, prohibits uh, the drinking and the use of alcohol. So um, in terms of where you can get it and things, if there are any loopholes like that, they're definitely um, being conducted outside the, the boundaries of what the law prohibits and what the law allows. I see. How excited are you about the future? Do you foresee yourself staying in your country um, as an adult, as a um, member of, of that society in the future? Or are you looking outside to the outside world, like many youth around the world who want to, you know, spread their wings in places that are um, more established, maybe, or have a, you know, bigger economy? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think it's always good for, for anyone to always keep an open mind um, in terms of of what their future holds. But I do definitely envision myself um, staying here in the kingdom for a period of time let and, me put, and doing everything. Let me put it this way. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? 10 years? Wow. I really see myself or I hope to see myself changing something about the world, um, whether it be something small or big. Um, I just hope that in 10 years, 10 years from today, that I am somewhere here or somewhere else doing something that is having a positive impact on, on people's lives. So if there's one message that you want to kind of get out, what is it? I think my message to anyone listening, um, whether they're in the kingdom or out the kingdom, is that um, the Saudi people are some of the most compassionate, hospitable, and generous people you will ever get to meet. And some people will decide not to believe me, while others might decide to believe me. But regardless of what you take or what you take from what I say, um, I would just highly advise everyone listening to come to Saudi Arabia, give us a visit, um, and see what we truly have to offer rather than what the media says we have. Experience it for yourself. Um, and as I've said, I think the minute you, you land here, you're going to realize that um, everything you've been told about us is completely wrong. So I know you've talked about your mom passing away um, a few years ago. Um, how has that affected um, who you are today? And, and tell us what happened. Yeah, so my mom was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer when I was pretty young. Um, pretty much I was so young that I don't even remember it. Um, and then she passed away when I was uh, 12 years old. So, you know, it's not easy losing a parent at any age. There is never a good age to lose a parent, uh, whether you're old or you're young. I mean, I know this is going to sound very weird to some people, but in, in so many ways that I think the fact that my mom passed away when I was so young was a blessing in disguise um, because I was only 12 and I really didn't understand what it meant when I heard that she had passed away. Um, the most I knew is that she wouldn't be at home anymore. What I didn't realize is that I wouldn't have a mother to attend my graduation, that I wouldn't have a mother to see me progress through life. Um, so I think the fact that it happened when I was so young is sort of a blessing because if it if it happened now when I'm older and wiser, 
I think its impact on me as a person would have been much greater. Um, and you know, and she's impacted every aspect of who I am. There isn't a day that goes by that she doesn't cross my mind. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy, but life moves on regardless of how difficult it is. Well, I'm sure she would be really proud of, of who you are today. Thank you very much. I hope she is. That's all any child wants to do is is to make their parents proud. All right, Sammy. Well, I'm really sorry about your mom again. It's such it's so sad. But thank you so much for sharing that story. Oh, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. You sound like a very uh, intelligent and responsible young man. That's it for today. Hope you had a good time. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out on social media. See you soon.